Thompson claps the hands, looks over the Golden Eagle defense. Gives it off to Anthony Grant. He's in there. Touchdown! Off the right side as he cut back. Great blocking on the right edge by Ben Hart and Lutowski and the Huskers for the first time that I have the lead. Anthony Grant, 138 yards. Average five yards a clip. There's his one touchdown. And I Nebraska mean, would be 0-3 without him. They'd be 0-3 without him with maybe double-digit losses in all three games. Oh, would yeah. you like the fun Anthony Grant fact of the night? Let's hear it. Anthony Grant is the first Husker since 2010 with 100-plus rush yards in his first two games. Who is the last one? Taylor Martinez back in 2010. Hmm. Well, Anthony Grant got three now. He's got and three. He's got three. Yes. Now. He's got three 100-yard games. Big Red Overreactions brought to you by Coors Light, keeping Nebraska chill by Burton AC Heating, Plumbing, and more. When you're plumbing certain, just call Burton and buy Equitable Bank. We take banking personally and we take our calls personally too here is zach good evening zach good evening guys long time listener first time caller appreciate it now i just wanted to bring you guys the perspective of a disgruntled hawkeye fan and this is what i gotta say about 6 30 p.m tonight i didn't think there was anything that was gonna bring a smile to my face <laughs> until i tuned in to that Husker game. <laughs> Boys, I tell you what. <laughs> oh, that's entertainment. That's entertainment. Extend Frost. Let's make it seven more in a row. Extend Frost. <laughs> oh, Zach. The Iowa Schadenfreude. Here's Beard Bat. Hi, Beard Bat. Hey, how's it going, Jen? Not bad, Beard Bat. Hey, I, I just got to call in and say, uh, you know, listen, I, I uh, uh, this this Oregon gimmick that Scott Frost has been trying to infuse into Nebraska, probably ever since Solich was there, you know, the whole change up from the I formation going to this quarterback first mentality instead of the, you know, the, the pipeline first or the black shirts first uh, mentality. Uh, has all changed to inflated rivals, uh, stars, and and pan players, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I just see that as the biggest problem. You got to get back to the basics. Uh, you got to get a coach in there that that's wanting to be more of like a like a boot camp uh, drill instructor, getting more discipline into the team, and and because uh, I've heard there's not a lot of discipline down there and i'm not going to yap my gums as much as the last caller but uh i'd love to sit back and hear your opinions of that uh because i have heard that there's a lackadaisical uh, uh mentality down there as far as regiment goes uh letting players sleep in uh things like that and uh you know hey i want to sit back and hear what uh jeff bishop and uh or John Bishop and uh, and uh, you guys have to say about that. Okay, well, and Robbie Lula, don't forget <laughs> Robbie. Well, thank you. First of all, I mean the whole Oregon thing—he hasn't done that in a few years, and he's got a new offensive coordinator. Um, I don't know half half the things you said there. I, it, I'll say this: I I agree that it's it not the reason. Needs I, to start with the line. Yes, absolutely. I think, but but. 
That being said, even if that was Scott Frost's philosophy, the things that we talked about earlier about accountability and responsibility, this still would not work if those things are not in place. Right. Because those are, you know, people talk about culture a lot and they think it's about like toughness and they think it's about throwing up 15 to 20 times every practice yeah. or whatever yeah. nonsense or whatever. Right. They think it's about weight room things or they mm-hmm. think it's about pushing heavy weight or whatever. That's not what culture is about. Culture is about accountability yes. and responsibility. And that's what's missing from the Scott Frost era. Yes. Do I want the next ho- head coach to be trench focused in terms of where he builds his team from? 100%. But you can be as, as, as offensive and defensive line focused as you want to be if you don't have the accountability and responsibility piece on lockdown, nothing else matters. That's right. Not a damn thing else matters. That's it. That's the whole ballgame. Here is Luke on 1620 The Zone and 101.9 The Keg. Hey, guys. Uh, as far as uh, two callers ago talking about his happy day with the uh, um, <laughs> Nebraskaism, he was an Iowa fan, and he was just really happy about that. Um, you know, I guess he's gonna just not lose sleep because his team's only scored 14 points in the last two games, and that's not all offensive. But either or, um, I, I just I'm a diehard fan. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. As a diehard Husker fan, um, I've given Frost the benefit of the doubt. I mean, it's just been five years, and you're at 16 wins. And, yeah, the offense, I think, is looking great right now. I really trust uh, Thompson. Um, But, obviously, the defense is not doing anything. I mean, at that point in the game where they had the opportunity to go uh, an option, and, yeah, obviously they were in their own territory at fourth and one. Um, I had a friend who just was saying, why not just go for it? Because every time that Georgia Southern had the ball, they were scoring us. Like, why not go for it? I mean, it was just, we just knew the defense was not going to do anything. And um, it's just a point right now. It's just, it, it breaks my heart. I mean, we are Husker fans that were rooting for somebody from the alum that was supposed to bring us to the, you know, bring us back. And he hasn't done it. And it just, it breaks my heart that I, I want to say that I really hope um, he is not a part of the Oklahoma game this uh, this year. Well, we don't uh, know. I, we don't know what's going to happen. By the way, there, nothing has been said or announced. I know that a lot of people have been wondering. Who knows? I would just say, stay tuned. I mean, like I said, Ned Stark's in the dungeon. We're just waiting for the uh, just waiting for the order. But but it's coming at some point. It has to be. I mean, it's coming at some point. By the way, this is another loss by Nebraska as a double-digit favorite. They lost, of course, earlier this year to Northwestern Northwestern as a double-digit favorite. Nebraska in the last 30 games as a double-digit favorite is 25-5. and Three of the losses now belong to Scott Frost. And four of the five losses have happened since the Northern Illinois debacle in 2017. As double-digit favorites. And oh, by the way, um, 
three of them were at home and one of them was a neutral site. So it's not like so, they yeah not lost hostile them. environments. It's not like they were at, yeah it's not like they were at the Carrier Dome in Syracuse in 1984 and got beat because you know they were on the road. No, nope. This is all at home and uh, of course 214 and one now when scoring 35 points or more in Memorial Stadium. First ever loss. Nebraska scored 35 points in their own crib and lost. Here's JP. JP, uh, please turn your radio down. You're up next. Hey, gentlemen, I appreciate you bringing me on the on the uh, on the call here. I just have a kind of a two part question, but in general, my thought here is, if you are Trev, and you know you have these tough decisions to make, you know who are you calling? Who are you talking to? And what does your next three days look like? If I'm Trev. Yeah, so you put yourself in his shoes, mm-hmm. and you are doing the job. What does your next three days look like? Who are you calling, and what does your job look like? Hmm. Well, JP, I'm guessing a lot of the legwork has been done. Part of the reason why I think some of the sentiment has shifted over the last few days about this happening before October 1st rather than after comes – and we've had people email us and say, hey, there's certain big money boosters who are like, we were in and then the Northwestern trip just totally turned us off. So some of the legwork has already been done. I'm guessing that right now you're just dotting your I's and yeah, you're crossing sure your T's. Lined up. You're, you're looking over the contract. You're making sure, okay, how do we make the clean break? Making sure the money is lined up. And then figuring out, obviously, how the program's going to move forward in the interim. For the next nine games. For the next nine games. So yeah, I think you're. I think tonight you make sure the contract and the money is all lined up. Yeah. If I'm Trev, okay, I'm not saying this is happening right now. Yeah. But he asked if we're Trev. Sure. I'm making sure my boosters are are writing their checks right now mm-hmm. and getting them to my office no later than tomorrow morning, uh, and making sure the contract with our lawyers and everything is all squared away. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's step number one. Step number two is putting a succession plan in place for the rest of the season whether that's Mickey Joseph as your interim he is, head coach. Because he is listed as the associate head coach. So, yeah, that would. By title. And since he is not one of the coordinators that has to oversee a specific part of the team or call plays for a specific part of the team, he kind of makes the most sense both by title and role to take over as interim head coach. The third thing I do is I start calling agents. I start calling Matt Campbell's agent. Yeah. Start calling Bill O'Brien's agent. Start making the calls to whoever's on his list. I know who's on my list. I don't know who's on his list. Mm-hmm. But I imagine you're took in, looking at a Matt Campbell. I imagine you're looking at a Bill O'Brien. I imagine you're looking at maybe a Chris Kleinman. We've talked about Kyle Whittingham, who I like. But you're making, you start making those back-channel yeah. conversations. Yeah, you're not talking to the head coaches specifically because they're talking, in season, but you're talking to their reps. You're not talking to anybody at this point in the season directly. You're making your back-channel calls to say, hey, would this guy even be interested? Mm-hmm. And then you kind of get along in the process. You gauge interest. And then maybe in a few weeks, you sit down with somebody or have a phone call with somebody, the coach themselves, and say, hey, how interested are you really? You know, is this something we can get done? Obviously, you're going to finish out your season. We're going to finish out our season. But that conversation probably doesn't take place 
for another four to six weeks. Yeah, at least. I mean, you're probably talking about November and yeah. October, early November, before you start having a conversation with an actual coach. But for the next three days, that's the game plan. But you're gauging, I mean, you've you're got... You're gauging interest with, with, with representatives of coaches. Correct. From and, now, and, and if you're yeah. and if you're swinging for a fence, let's say you're going, you know, and I know Dabo just signed this big extension, but let's say you're let's say you're, you're going for fickle. Let's say you're going for fickle. Let's say you're going for Dabo, Aranda, or, or whoever. Yeah. I've said, hey, I'd I'd throw fifteen million at Ryan Day and say, I, I'll, I'm going to make you turn us down and make them pay him more, whatever the case may be. So if you have that home run, you're just gauging Kiffin. If you're me, I love yeah, Kiffin. You're yeah. gauging right now. Hey, is there any interest here? Right. Yes. And then if there's not, if there's not a reciprocation back, then you're moving on. You cross them off the list and call the next. And agent. then you go, and yeah. then and yeah, and then and then at some point, once you've gotten past your home run hires or home run list, you land on. Then a, you then you go to your. You land on a list of about five or six guys. Your gettable guys. That whether they're whether they're home run guys that are like I'd listen, or they're your gettable list. To me, that's your O'Brien, Campbell, Leipold, Kleinman list. That's your like mm-hmm. gettable guys. Um, I really like Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina. That's a big risk to me. Yes. But those type of guys, guys that you could get, maybe a couple of your home run guys show some interest. That's where you're at in the process for about the next month, month and a half, is gauging interest, gauging how much money it would take, and lining those things up so that the day their season is over, you can have, you can start having, you know, be prepared to make an announcement basically the week or the few days after the season is officially over. Mm-hmm. You want to have everything like, listen, if you're firing Scott Frost today or tomorrow or next week or, or whatever it is, October 1st, whenever, right? I don't think very many of us thinks he survives past October 1st at this point. Whenever you fire him, whether it's now or October 1st, you have to make sure that at the earliest conceivable moment, you have your next head coach ready to go because you can't afford to fire him now or in three weeks and then be sitting here on December 1st and not have a head coach announced. That's not a viable plan. So you need to do everything in your power if you're Trev Alberts between now and then to make sure that as soon as Nebraska season's over, as soon as your next head coach's season's over, you can make an announcement. Now, what if you're in a situation now? Last year, obviously, we saw literally within hours of losing – a regular season finale that uh, Lincoln Riley departed for USC. Yeah. Those cases are pretty rare. Yes. So if you're looking at a coach who's going to be playing deep into the season, playing a conference championship game or on the cusp of a conference championship game or on the cusp of a college football playoff, well, like maybe not playoff appearance, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Will, will you be able to wrestle someone away before their season is done, if you're shooting that high. So I think anyone short of a college football playoff appearance will leave when their regular season is over. Right. Okay. So even if that's like, let's use Matt Campbell, for example. Let's say Iowa State is playing for the Big 12 title, but they've got three losses. Mm -hmm. They're not going to the playoff, right? Yeah. I think you could still get him away from Iowa State before the conference championship game because they're not going to the playoff. Mm-hmm. The only situation I can see it being a problem if you have like a Luke Fickle situation with Notre Dame last year where if he's not playing in the playoff last year, I think he's your head coach at Notre Dame. And 
as long as you don't have that situation, which I don't anticipate, by the way, mm-hmm. I, the, of the teams that I think are likely to make the playoff, those guys are not on Nebraska's list of gettable guys, most likely. So I think as soon as the regular season is over, regardless of what's happening with a conference championship, I think you can get that guy away. Obviously, the bowl games don't matter at all. Right. But I think you can get a guy that's maybe playing for a conference championship. I think you can at least make an announcement. Maybe his school lets him coach in that game still. Mm-hmm. We've seen that before. That's not a huge deal. But I think you have to be able to get that thing locked down and make that announcement basically immediately after the regular season is over, especially if you fire him now. Because the Yeah, because I- the earlier you fire somebody, the er- it kind of moves the timeline up yes, on everything. And, and honestly, that's at least outside of just getting him out of our lives, that's the purpose of firing him early, right? is so that you have the ability to hire someone as soon as possible and move on into recruiting in the offseason and the transfer portal and all those things. Mm-hmm. So I think that part of it's essential is that you make a hire and announcement as soon as possible. 402-951-1620. Uh, final bank of calls when we come back. This is our final break. All of our uh, great coverage. We appreciate you being out there tonight. Brought to you by Burton. When you're plumbing certain, just call Burton by Coors Light. Keeping Nebraska chillin' by Equitable Bank, we take banking personally. Back with the final segment of Big Red Overreaction after this on 1620 The Zone, 1019 The Keg, and 1620TheZone.com.